0: You're listening to Shalice's Podcast. Father, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for the good news that everything has been reconciled to Jesus. I thank you for the good news that... That, that a new creation has begun, <laughs> that when Jesus was raised from the dead, that we were raised from the dead. God, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the, the new creation. Thank you for the reconciliation of all things. Thank you that Jesus is holding it all together by the word of his mighty power. Thank you that he is seated at the right hand of you right now, but also one with you uh, in this glorious mystery of union. And thank you, God, that we've been been grafted in. Thank you that we are also seated right there in heavenly places right this very minute. Father, open our eyes, open our ears so that we can connect to heaven's reality, so that we can live from throne room reality, so that we are not uh, just trapped down here in 3d reality like this is all there is but holy spirit we just declare right now in jesus name that you've granted us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you and that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened and we know the hope of our calling what is the glory of the inheritance it is in the saints Thank you that there's so much glory there's so much glory in us god there's so much glory jesus christ is in us the same spirit that raised up jesus from the dead is in us and it is so much glory. It's all of heaven. It's all of heaven. It's a dimension and it's in us, God. And I thank you that it's right now. Thank you that we are not, the death is not our savior, God. Thank you that we aren't waiting to die to get to heaven. Thank you that we've already died. Whoa, in Jesus and that we're in heaven right now. So uh, God, just wake us up, wake us up to the gospel. Holy Spirit, shake us, shake us up. Do us, what, tell us what we need to hear. T- lead us where we need to go. Uh, give us the the words that uh, of life that, that fill us with the knowledge of your glory. Uh, I, the prophecy said that the knowledge of the glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And I thank you that it is the knowledge of the glory that sets us free. It is the knowledge of the glory that empowers us to uh, release heaven on. I just declare right now, Father, that every single person that listens to my podcast, that uh, hears the sound of my voice, God, that they are a carrier of the glory, yes, for sure, but they also are an expert in the knowledge of the glory. I thank you that you have raised me up to raise them up, and I just declare right now that the knowledge of the glory is exploding in their hearts, God, that there's a hunger in their hearts, God, to know the glory, to experience the glory, to uh, uh, release the glory, God. Thank you that the glory of God is true. It's real. It's now, and it's here. And so God, we just accept it. We just receive it. No, I not even receive it. That's not even the right word, Father. Let me say it a different way. We have become aware of it. We become aware of it. We just focus on it. We just say, rise, glory, rise, waters of glory, rise. <laughs> just keep on rising, keep on coming. We just declare it, God, as we speak it, Father, as our frequency and our, our frequency begins to rise and our, our frequency begins to match the joy, the righteousness and peace of Jesus as we become aware of Jesus within us, as we become aware of the the glory that's an inheritance within us, God, thank you that it rises and it spills over and it begins to flood, that these rivers of living water, the rivers of glory start to flood from our, from our bellies, God, from our mouths, uh, from our thoughts, God, from our, from our focus. And I just thank you that we are impacting our neighborhoods. We're impacting our families. We're impacting our workplaces. We're impacting our friends. We're impacting everyone, Father, everyone that is within our, our, our frequency reach. <laughs> and thank you, God, that that we can we can we can affect entire cities, Father, with the glory. We can affect entire countries with the glory. God, thank you that one person filled with your glory uh, is is more powerful than than we can imagine. So, yeah, I just uh, I just declare that your glory is on this this broadcast today, and that uh, it, we're coming up higher. We're coming up higher. We're coming up higher all the way up to the throne. We're ascending all the way up in our minds, God. In our, in our, in our, in our awareness, God, we're coming all the way up so that we can see things from your perspective and we can release things, uh, from that place of, of union with you, God, saying what you say, seeing what you see, doing what you do. And I thank you that as we do that, that Jesus is glorified, that Jesus is uh, who is seen when people look at us. And so thank you for signs and wonders following this, uh, this message. Thank you for signs and wonders following everyone that's listening to this message because it becomes theirs too. They're embodying it. And I thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Well, awesome. You guys I had to close my eyes for that one. Uh, I was just uh, talking to the folks here that are on, on live with me a little bit before I started uh, my prayer. We obviously started the recording here that I'm coming off of three glorious days with my tribe with. I mean, obviously, you guys are in my tribe here. I got I got tribe all over the world. Um, but we had our merge grads uh, come together for uh, Tribe 2023 last week. And uh, if you're wondering why my voice sounds a little weird, it's because we were yelling, we were worshiping, we were, we were in the glory, you guys, there was so much glory, so much presence of God uh, in those three days. Um, You know, I had people come up to me and say afterwards, like they'd never been in any kind of meeting like that before. And um, you know what, I just want to say, it just gets better and better every year. Uh, The glory of God just continues to, uh, to astound me more and more every year, um, and this really was an, an awesome time in the presence and the glory of God. So I'm coming off of that horse. Um, I talked for three days and and yelled and was like a crazy person. I said, I feel like I was at a three day rave, um, but I had so much fun with everybody. And uh, I just decided, you know what? So what? If my voice is a little horse, you guys can handle a horse voice today. Um, but I, I wanted to say something about that. Uh, I. I I know I'm talking, this is Miracle School and I'm going to talk on John 14 today, but I I wanted to chat a little bit because I've been reflecting uh, since that conference last week of just how much God has, has used me, how much God has done through my life. And I, this is not like, Oh, look at Chalice, you know, she's so holy. <laughs> that is just not the case. It is. I am not used by God because I'm the holiest person. Uh, I am used by God. I think, um, because maybe I was the most broken person <laughs> I'm used by God, maybe because I'm the least likely person. I don't know the reason why I'm chosen just like you are, but, I want to say that I, I just reflect over it. And one of the things that we taught on uh, last week uh, that I think is probably one of the keys. And I I mean, there's a lot of keys and I hope to share some of these over the over the podcast here. But I, I want to say this and I, I just pray, I, I guess I'll tell a story about it. But I want to say this, over the years, I have yielded more and more control to God. It, it, I mean, I started <laughs> as a control freak and over the years, I have just surrendered and uh, given more of more of my life, more of my more control, more of my judgment, more of my opinions, more of my preferences, uh more of my pain, more of my whatever you want to call it, right? And I've just given God more control of my body, or maybe he's just taken more control of my body. I'm not sure who's in charge here, but I will say that it has definitely increased over the years. And when I first started, and I'm just going to go back to where I started and talk a little bit about the presence of God, um, and talk about, um, Experiencing the presence of God because um, it's phenomenal when you can uh, pray and all of a sudden the presence of God is on uh, in the room. It, it's amazing when you can share something with someone and the presence of God gets released through it. Um, how many of you have read a book before? I'm taking my bracelet off, it's bothering me. Um, how many of you, so cute though, I hate to, but I will. Um, how many of you have? read a book before, and you've literally felt like waves of God's presence coming off of it. I I totally have. I mean, I remember reading uh, a book about Catherine Coleman one time and experiencing that. Um, You know, there's just the, the presence of God is transferable. The presence of God is tangible. And as someone who grew up in the Baptist church, you know, from whatever, when I was born until... Really, I went to a Baptist college. So in my early twenties, I was even say like, I was only really surrounded by Southern Baptists. and I'm not, this isn't a, you know, a dig on Southern Baptist. It was just that I'm just telling you in my experience with that, I never experienced the tangible presence of God. And then of course I, you know, I started rebelling from, from God, although Jesus corrects me and says that I never rebelled from him. I rebelled from a version of him that was never him. And he says to keep doing it. Actually, that's Jesus's take on my rebellion. But, you know, meaning that I, I, you know, I, I was like a prodigal, right? I, I rebelled against this version of Jesus that wasn't Jesus. I didn't know the real Jesus. I had never really heard the real gospel. I heard a, a sinner's prayer and a get out of hell card uh, jail, you know, get out of hell card for free type thing, even though that's not the way that I processed it as a child. Honestly, The way I processed it as as a child was very, very damaging to me. I developed a very deep, shame based identity based upon the way that the gospel was presented to me. But um, anyway, when I rebelled against all of that, primarily because no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't be good. I I couldn't be a good Christian. I couldn't do what the Bible said. Like I just, I was, I know what, I just was fresh. I was so frustrated and it was getting me nowhere. So I just really rebelled against the law, I rebelled against trying to be good in my own strength. Now, there was lots of ramifications to that. In the process, I became my own God. In the process, I uh, put myself in the seat that really is reserved for God. So there was a lot of consequences in my life for the that really uh, ignorant decision. Uh, a lot of consequences that religion uh, caused in my life. I really do blame the spirit of religion and a false gospel for wa- you know wasting years of my life. Now, granted, Jesus redeems those things. God has redeemed those things. It all works together for good. So I'm not bitter, I'm not angry, but I'm just sharing my story. So, you know, in my 20s, that was definitely a time of worldly success for me. It was a time of getting married uh, to my college sweetheart and divorcing my college sweetheart and getting into therapy and really decades of pain that I had been trying to manage coming to the surface. You know, I was a big partier. um, And, you know, by 30, I'm in therapy, blah, 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 you know, moving from Texas to Chicago in my early thirties, just life out of control, very successful outwardly dying on the inside, demonically oppressed. I mean, I have crazy stories about demons, just the things that that I experienced, and maybe we'll go through it at some point over this, in this broadcast, because they're, I mean, looking back on it, they're they're kind of funny now, uh, even though they were not funny at all then. Um, but I'm making a point today about the presence of God. So I'm not, I'm going to skip over that. And so getting into my early thirties and finally, uh, getting filled with the Holy spirit and making the decision to surrender my life to God. And if you've read my book or you followed me for very long, or, you know, my story, right. I mean, I was at a Joyce Meyer conference actually, and she was ministering on the baptism, of the Holy spirit. And she shared this story and she said, she said, and, and, and I think she was kind of, again, I'm just going off memory here, but I think the point is what that she was trying to make is a lot of times, you know, we uh, we relate to Jesus as savior, but we don't relate to Jesus as Lord, okay? And we say Jesus is Lord. We say those words because the truth is he is Lord of Lords, King of Kings. He is Lord over all, like he is who he is. But him becoming Lord of us is usually a progressive process, although no one maybe likes to say it that way, but because it is finished from God's perspective, but our awakening is typically perfect, uh, uh, progressive. So it was in that meeting that she shared this story, but this is what I, what I remember about it. Okay. Uh, is that she said, we are, it's like, you're standing at a crossroads. And she said on, on the right hand side is uh uh now that's not what she said. That's a vision I had. Back up, Shalise, get your story straight. No, what she was sharing was that uh, it, it's that making Jesus the Lord of your life is like taking out a blank piece of paper and setting it down in front of you. And this is, this is like your life is represented by this blank piece of paper. And you sign your name at the bottom of this paper and you hand it over to Jesus. And you say, you know what? You can fill in my life story. My life is not my own. Okay. You get to, you get to be the author of my life. Okay. And so when she said that I actually had a vision and in the vision, I was standing at a crossroads. And if you looked to the right, there was two roads: one to the right, one to the left. And uh, the the right lane was the road to life, and the left lane was, you know, the 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 road to death. And that scripture today I set before you: life and death. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Like I was not a Bible scholar by any means at that Joyce Meyer conference. Like I was the, you know, the the girl that went out and smoked at the, at the breaks. Right? I mean, I was in the world. I was broken. I was searching for God, but I was, I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, I was always like a, I don't know, I, I would share Jesus and bars and stuff. I was always like a little bit of a preacher girl. But but the point is is I really, you know, I, I was not a person that would have been able to like recite that scripture at that point. And so I knew it was God. And and when I say I had a vision, I, I was not accustomed to having visions. Uh, I just had this internal movie in my head that was playing and I knew that I was not at source. I knew that I was hearing something that I was, I I wasn't accustomed to hearing the voice of God. You know, it was weird. Something else that happened at that conference when I first walked into that conference or like, I don't know, maybe that first day in worship, Joyce was up on the screens in the front. And every time I looked at the screens, I kept seeing my face. It totally freaked me out actually. Um, I mean, the thought of me being in ministry would have been such a joke to me and like, a uh, no, thank you. Um, I mean, I just had no, no grid for any of this, but anyway, I'm standing there with these two lanes showing there, this, you know, road to life road to death. And I remember, you know, choose life that you and your descendants may live. And it was funny because when I looked down the lane that led to death, I could see my future and I could see a future of me spending the rest of my life or at some point entering into mental institutions and spending the rest of my life in mental institutions. And I knew that that was a true possibility because I had already been thinking, I've been saying it out loud. I hadn't told anyone, but I had so many problems and so much pressure in my life and so much mental, uh, I mean, anxiety and, uh, I mean, I, gosh, I used to, you know, panic and stress and, um, just mental torment, I guess is what you would call it. I had so much of that, that I actually had been thinking to myself, man, it would be so nice just to be able to go to like, uh, a mental institution. I don't even know what I would have called it back then, but, you know, just go, uh, go somewhere and like for a break, like it sounded like a good vacation to me just to not have to deal with anything, just to be taken care of, have your meals, get therapy, whatever they do there. And I was like, I already was entertaining that in my mind. So when I saw that, I mean, I was very clear that that was real. Then on the right side, I had this, you know, is the road to life. And let me tell you something, I could see nothing down that dang road. I did not know where it ended. I did not know where it went. I didn't know where it was going. I had no clue. But the choice was life or death. And so I also can tell you that because at that time in my life, I, I was, I mean, I didn't want to die, not because see, I didn't have this idea that death was going to be better than where I lived because I had so much religious programming about hell and so much relig- religious programming about eternal conscious torment. Like death to me was the most terrifying choice. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to go burn forever. I obviously wasn't living a, a holy life. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like my life, I was under massive condemnation, massive guilt at massive uh, accusations against myself and division within myself. So death to me was terrifying. So it was, a, you know, it was like a stupid choice. Like, of course I'm going to choose life, you know, but the point was, is that I didn't have any clue where that, that road to life was going to take me. And I remember going home after that conference that night. I remember I had like a little cassette tape, I'm aging myself here, you know, that had like the baptism of the Holy Spirit teaching on it from Joyce. And uh I went home and I just knew that what I was doing in my life wasn't working. I remember thinking to myself, well, I have looked for solutions under every rock. Like some of these rocks I've lifted up twice. <laughs> I mean, like I the life that I have built is 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 caused this pain, like it's, it's, this is terrible. Like I can't continue to do this. So I was at that place in my life, which I think a lot of people have to get to where they really recognize that what they're doing isn't working. And so it's almost like by default you surrender, but regardless of how you get to this place, like I was serious when I said I'm done being Lord of my life. And I remember I took off all my clothes. I laid down on the ground and I fully surrendered my life. I mean, totally gave God my body. I gave God my future. I gave God my time. I gave God uh, my calendar. I gave God every single aspect of my life. And I think, you know, I was half crazy at the time. Honestly, I feel like, um, so I'm not sure what, what happened, you know, if taking. I think taking off my clothes was just kind of like, maybe like a prophetic act, even before I knew what it meant to have a prophetic act in the sense that I just, it was like a symbol of, I have nothing really to give except myself. Like I'm just giving myself to you, God, myself I'm giving. And, you know, I think so many times we, we say these things, we, we worship and we say these words, you know, but we hold on, we hold on to our lives. We hold on to our comfort. We hold on to, Uh, the world system. We hold on to, um, idols. We, what do I mean by that? We hold on to things that are our source. We we, we hold on to things. And so I didn't really plan to share this story today. I actually had a whole thing planned and I hopefully I'll get into it at some point about, you know, we're here to do the same works as Jesus, even greater works, but the Holy Spirit just wanting me to share with you with this, because, um, why am I sharing this? Because I'm telling you, even just last week like God is possessing my body like never before like there are times when my hands close and I cannot open them and it's the holy spirit that has shut my hand okay there are there is such a thing as spiritual matter what do i mean by that i mean that when you're in when your eyes are enlightened and you're seen in the spirit realm, you can, you can interact with angels. You can interact with a cloud of witnesses. You can interact with, with things that are in heaven. I mean, Jesus said that he had food to eat that his disciples didn't know about. There was spiritual food. There's uh there are uh there's th- the, heaven is a real, real place that we live in, that we're surrounded with that is internal with us. It's a dimension. And you can interact with that in your physical body using your spiritual senses, but it requires uh, you to not be in control. It, rem- it requires this place of, of, of surrender to God and meaning you're just, you've lost control. Okay. Your physical body, your physical senses are not running the show. And I'm just wanted to, to share that because I guess the Holy Spirit wants me to share it. So what am I saying? I'm saying that when I got up off the floor that day and I, I gave, I mean, I really gave my life to the Lord. We say those, those, you know, those cliches, I gave my life to the Lord, you know, no, we, most of us pray to center prayer. And, you know, we said, Jesus come into our heart. We, we recognize you're, you know, you're the son of God. You were crucified. You, you, um, died, you know, most of, most of us think we, you know, you died for my sins. You know, most of us don't haven't heard the gospel. as like, you know, you died as me. Um, we most of it heard it that way. Um, You know what you understand? He rose from the dead. He said at the right hand of God, most of us don't recognize we rose again. Most of us don't recognize at the time that we ascended with him. Like we don't have an identity in Christ at all. We're praying this. We call it, we even call it the sinner's prayer, right? It's not in the Bible, by the way, like that prayer is not in the Bible. Uh, I know that might be a shock to some of us, but it's not in the Bible. I mean, all that happened when like you go in the book of acts and, and you know, they're sharing the gospel. I mean, Peter, you know, would share certain things. But when you start to look at Paul and some of the stuff, he would just start preaching who Jesus was and the Holy Spirit would just fall on people and start praying in spirit. There wasn't a sinner's prayer. There was not an altar call. Like it, it was just an awakening of what, of what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he's done and, and what that meant for reality. Um, and it would just, uh, obviously the Holy Spirit would just become to they, that, that they, they would, uh, it would awaken in that you know in galatians chapter 1 uh the, the apostle paul says that you know he was separated from his mother's womb to be an apostle to the gentiles and then he says and it went, you know pleased jesus to unveil himself in him so but so i'm talking about like jesus as lord like surrendering your actual life to the lord and why is that important because over the years it has been a process of me surrendering more and more and more uh when i first started to feel the presence of god i um was going to a particular ministry. I've talked about it before, uh, once a month, and this ministry was led by a woman that I had, I had never been around anyone like her before. She, I'm telling you, she was in her eighties. She, um, the intimacy that she shared with the Lord. I just never seen anything like before. She had outlived three husbands. I say she was in her eighties. I don't really know how old she was because she looked like she was 40, but I knew she had outlived four husbands. She was retired. Um, She barely slept. I mean, she was just like this crazy intercessor. And she had this little retreat center that when you would go there, she would you would you would fax in your resume. <laughs> and then she would pray over it. And then she would put you in one of the rooms and all of the rooms were decorated with a theme. Like there was the line of the tribe of Judah uh, room that had all these lions in it. And then there was like the bridal suite that well it looked like, you know, a wedding suite. It like kind of threw up white in there. Then there was like uh, one that was like crimson red that kind of represented the blood. So they had all these kind of like perfect, I didn't know that they were like, uh, prophetically decorated rooms. Um, but they were, and it it makes sense to me now because, you know, it was a way to get your physical senses connected with the reality of the spiritual atmosphere of that room. And over the years, I have experienced that on multiple occasions. One time at Bethel, I experienced where their intercessors came up and set up a room uh, they had prayed, got a vision of what the room should look like. And then they decorated it exactly how they saw it in the spirit. And then uh, they called it an encounter room. And we went in there and I'm telling you the encounters that I had there were, were crazy. We're crazy. I, I don't even have time to go into it right now, but back to this experience that I started having, I started going there once a month and I started staying in these rooms and I started to have dreams and I started to um, I remember driving there uh, or coming back from there really early when I started going there and the Lord revealing to me that when it was, when I was in ninth grade that I made this vow and that I, I decided I wasn't going to be a good Christian. I wasn't going to be a good girl anymore. And like, he started to actually unveil some of these things that now I understand, I have a much greater understanding of what was happening, but I was very green. I didn't understand anything that was happening. And I also, for the very first time, started started to experience the presence of God on my body. And what's interesting about this, and I don't even, I I guess I've thought of this and correlated it before, but it's really strong in my heart right now, is that all we were doing is we were surrendering uh, a part of ourselves every single month. I went for 12, I went for a whole year. And so for one month, we might just surrender our eyes to God and we would focus on, uh, just giving God our eyes and just releasing our eyes to God. You know, we would release our our mouths to God. We would release our, our our hands to God. We just would focus on body parts and just be like, we're just giving these to God. We're, 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 we're like, like, Uh, you know, in in Romans 12, one, it says, um, you know, now therefore offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God, which is your reasonable service, meaning that we were offering ourselves just like, as, as that scripture says, as a living sacrifice, what's a living sacrifice. I'm alive, but I'm sacrificing, meaning I'm not, I'm not in control. All right. I have, I have, I am, I am giving you control of my faculties, right? In Romans six, it talks about yielding your faculties to as instruments of righteousness. What's an instrument of righteousness. It means that it's an instrument that God is now controlling for his righteous purposes. And bottom line is, as I was going through that, I kind of feel like it was a consecration of some kind that I was led to do, um, as I went through that consecration time, I started to experience God more and more and more and more. Now, I'm not saying that we have to go do a year long consecration to experience the presence of God. OK, this is how I was led um, now. And honestly, it was hard for me because at the time I felt like the theology of this place, I got hooked into the grace message. I got hooked into the finished work message. And so I didn't uh, the theology of the place did not even necessarily align with what I knew the gospel to be. In fact, I really struggled with that. I remember like thinking, you know, one day, like I can't sit under this. And God said, God said to me, he said, he said, I didn't call you here to agree. I called you to submit and they're not the same thing. You know, now I went through a very intense process of learning what submission is. And, um, we may not like that word, you know, we're free grace, finished works, you know, people but I will tell you, I was taught that I was taught how to submit to gifts in the body of Christ. Uh, and, and I was one of the very first times I was taught it was there. And what the Lord said to me is I brought you here not to agree. I brought you here because she has something that you need. And, you know, when I look back on it all these years, I mean, she had intimacy with God. She had, uh, a a relationship with God that was so very powerful. I'm pretty sure she probably set dinner plates at the table for Jesus every day when she ate dinner. Like it was, Jesus was real, very, very real. And it was with that with her that I actually met Jesus for the first time. It's when I first had the vision that you guys have heard me share in my podcast. I mean, I know it's an emerge and the things that I talk about where I was hiding behind a rock and I was eight years old and Jesus said, I've been looking for everywhere. Where have you been? And I said, I've been a bad little girl. Like that happened as I was connected to her uh, over those years. And so so it, it wasn't about her having the right theology. It was about her having the right intimacy with God. And this incredible surrendered laid down life that she had, and it impacted me greatly. And in fact, became an impartation of the presence of God in my life. I remember I would, I had started to have all of this supernatural stuff. Like I would get in my car to, to drive there and it'd be like, I, I couldn't like almost feel my legs, the presence of God just started to come. And. So I'm sharing that today because over the years, there has been an increase an increase an increase as in, in the presence of God and the ability for God to, to use me. Um, or when I say use me, I'm sure God had the ability to do it, but I just, I just have seen an increase. And I can tell you when I think about that, I think about that as a direct correlation to the the lack of control that I am willing to enter into. And I would also say I have done pretty radical things. Uh, you know, I've left my corporate job not knowing how I was going to pay my bills, not knowing where I was going next. Um, I I walked out because I had an instruction from God to walk out. I I went home to my condo. It was uh a very I lived in the Gold Coast in Chicago. It was very expensive. I didn't have You know, tons of money saved up to live that lifestyle. I sold my house, sold my furniture, gave it all away. Um, You know, I have done radical things. I've moved across the country twice. Uh, First time, no contacts, no jobs. I mean, I have, I've lived by faith. I've lived by uh, hearing God and doing it. And, um, I've also had really good mentors that, that I didn't just do this without great mentors. I, I was trained in uh, the supernatural and I was trained in, uh, uh, by others in the body of Christ that operated in the supernatural. I was trained, uh, how to walk by faith by a person of great faith. Right. And so the gifts in the body of Christ have been a huge part of, my development and my maturity and my ability to walk in the fullness of, of God's, of of God, the call of God on my life and, uh, see the glory of God manifest in my life. And you guys, I really, this was not what I had planned to talk about today. Um, but when you're not in control, (laughs) even the best plans get changed, right? So I'm just going to go with it because many of the people that are going to be listening to this podcast, the Lord is just sharing this with me right now. They're desperate for miracles. They're desperate. Oh, they're desperate for miracles. And um, I'm just going to pray in the spirit because I I just really feel the Lord um, on this right here. And I just want to get it right. And the first thing the Lord wants me to tell you is that you are not alone. Okay. Um, You are not alone in the situation. Uh, He is right there in the middle of this situation with you. And in fact, he is in you. Okay, Jesus is not up in heaven. The Father, I mean, I'm, they are in heaven, don't get me wrong, um, but it's not, you're not dealing with a faraway God. Okay, you're not dealing with a God that doesn't care. You're not dealing with, uh, a God that is separate from you in any way, shape, or form. God is as close as your breath with every breath you take. He's breathing with you with every emotion that you feel. He's feeling it with you. Uh, He sees through your eyes. He hears through your ears. He thinks, uh, he hears every thought, every emotion. He sees every single thing. He holds it all together. There is nothing hidden from his sight. And Um, the, that's just the first thing that, that the God is just wanting me to share that for for anyone that's desperate for a miracle today, that he is with you, he is with you. He is in it. He's in it. And he's also just talking such a cliche, but he's saying he's in it to win it. He's in it to win it. He is in it to win it. He is for the miraculous outcome that you are standing for. He is always for the miracle. He is always for the victory. Why? Because love never fails. Love never, ever, ever, ever fails. And there is a um, fierceness to his desire for this. I can feel it. There's a there's a, a fierceness to his um, his love, you guys. His his desire to see the victory in our lives. I mean, and let me. And he, he's just kind of saying this. He's like. The ultimate price has been paid for our victory. Like God's blood has been poured out. Um, Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus, is proof that God is is not just for us, but it's Emmanuel. God is with us, and that God took on the human condition and the curse and the fall. Uh, he he he's he, he's he wanted to fix it. Okay. He wanted to fix it. He's wanted to fix this thing since before it was broken. Okay. Uh, We were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Like it's always been God's desire for for the earth to look like heaven. So this isn't a question of, of where is God because he's with you. OK, it's not a question of is it it's God's will, because God's will was wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he defeated death like his his victory is his will. I mean, it, and the, the victory has been completed. So, you know, so so in that space where we are, you know, we, we become desperate for a miracle. And, and we, we need one so badly Uh, that is, that is what I just, the first thing that I'm feeling like the heart, the heart of God is wanting me to share. Um, whoa, you know, I feel the, the, uh, what I want to say, I feel the, I feel the little bit of the desperation, you know, I feel that as I'm, as I'm teaching here today and, and, you know, I, it's Okay. I just want to say that desperation is okay. In fact, um, I'm so grateful for the examples in scripture of of, of desperate people, Uh, whether those are some of the Psalms that we read from David and, uh, or we, you know, read about the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, or we read about blind Bartimaeus who was just yelling out, you know, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, there are plenty of examples in scripture of people in desperate situations or hopeless situations that were uh, in need of a miracle. Okay. And so um, I'm quiet. The podcast hasn't ended (laughs) in case you're listening to this on audio. I'm quiet because I really want to be led by the Holy spirit here. Um, I just hear the Lord saying, just surrender, surrender, surrender the situation, fully surrender the situation, Uh, fully, fully, fully surrender the situation. And I know that this is not a, um, an easy instruction, but I also just hear the Lord saying, just wait on, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. And um, what do I mean? Wait on the Lord. I mean, I'm just going to read a Psalm that uh, he's bringing to my mind right now. And um, uh, uh, it's uh, Psalm 40 and I'm going to read it. uh, I'll just read it in the Passion Translation. Uh let's do this. Psalm 40 says this. It says, um, actually I have it highlighted here. It's all yellow on my phone. <laughs> so goodness knows I've used the psalm, I'm assuming. Um, it says this. I waited and I waited and I waited some more, patiently knowing God would come through for me. Then at last he bent down and listened to my cry. He stooped down to lift me out of danger from the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess I'd fallen into. Now he's lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me me while I walk along his ascending path. A new song for a new day rises up in me every time I think about how he breaks through for me. Ecstatic praise pours out of my mouth until everyone hears how God has set me free. Many will see his miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and fall in love with him. Blessing after blessing comes to those who love and trust the Lord. They will not fall away for they refuse to listen to the lies of the proud. O oh, Lord, our God, no one can compare with you. Such wonderful works and miracles are all found with you. And you think of us all the time with your count- countless expressions of love, far exceeding our expectations. It's not sacrifices that really move your heart, burn offerings, sin offerings, those what bring you joy. But when I open my ears, but when you open my ears and speak to me, I become your willing servant, your prisoner of love for life. I'm gonna read this again. It says, it's not sacrifices that really move your heart. Burn offerings, sin, burn offerings, sin offerings, those aren't what bring you joy. But when you open my ears and speak to me, I have become your willing servant, your prisoner of love for life. So here I said, so I said, sorry, so I said, here I am. I'm coming to you as a sacrifice for in the prophetic scrolls of your book, you've written about me. I delight to fulfill your will, my God, for your living words are written upon the pages of my heart. You guys, I did not plan to share this scripture. I mean, it goes right along with what I'm talking about here, about being a living sacrifice. And I'm going to read it one more time in verse six, Psalm 40, verse six in the passion translation. It says, it's not sacrifices that really move your heart, burn offerings, sin offerings. Those aren't bring you joy, but when you open my ears and speak to me, I become your willing servant, your prisoner of love for life. So I said, here I am, I'm coming to you as a sacrifice for in the prophetic scrolls of your book, you have written about me. I delight to fulfill your will. My God for your living words are written upon the pages of my heart. You know, it's funny. I, I, I just didn't know where we're going today. I'm being led but completely the Holy spirit with this podcast, but you know, here we are ending up again at this place of becoming a living sacrifice. You know, he says, When you open my ears and speak to me, I become your willing servant, your prisoner of love for life, your prisoner of love for life. Gosh, there's so many things that I could share about that. Um, But I want to encourage you in the middle of whatever that you're going through and whatever it is that you're desperate to see shift to just fully surrender the situation to him. Um, And don't allow the circumstances to define who God is. Don't allow the external world or the external things that you walk through To define who you are. Don't allow yourself to get offended with God. Don't allow yourself to accuse God of not caring and not showing up. Miracles are something that we don't control. Boy, that's a tweet, isn't it? Miracles are something that God does through us. And to the extent that we are yielded. To the extent that we can hear. To the extent that we can be possessed by the Lord. And operate in. uh, Out of our own mind. And out of our own, out of our own self is is so key. I, I, and I guess what I would say over the last 20 something years, that's what I've been learning. Uh, I've been learning how to do miracles. I've been learning how to lose control. Uh, When I was an altar minister, the very first time I had the opportunity to really minister to other people in a church, I remember thinking I'm so unqualified for this. And I would just pray in tongues the entire service because I knew after service, I was going to have to pray for people. And that I was in a church where people were going to be coming with desperate situations and a nice little, you know, comfort prayer was not going to be able to, I don't know. I just, they needed the power of God. And I wanted to be able to deliver that. And I just pray in tongues because I was just, I didn't know what else to do. And I remember Jesus teaching me a a lesson, you know, 5,000 out of 20 million on my journey, uh, which was, you know what, Shalise, you're not praying in your name. You know, Shalise, you're not coming up there and saying, in the name of Shalise. I pray that you would da-da-da-da-da-da-da. He's like, the self-consciousness is what's the problem here. You've got to lose, you've got to lose yourself. You've got to lose consciousness of yourself and the self that's apart from me. You know, it was at the same time that I was meditating on Christ in me, the hope of glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory for a whole year. And I was learning that I was Jesus in a Chalice suit. And I was learning to identify with Jesus. And I was learning to get out of the driver's seat, to get out of the, the, the control, uh, the place of control in my life. And uh, so I am going to now go to the scripture that I was going to, going to teach on today. And I know we're running just a little bit long, but that's okay. Uh, uh, that's a great thing about broadcasts, right? You can pause them and come back if it gets too long. Um, but I'm going to go now to John 14 and I'm just going to read this, uh, and we'll wrap hopefully with, uh, the revelation that I'm going to share with this, um, in the context of losing your life in the context of losing control. Um, I'm going to start reading. You know, I, te- I do a pretty extensive teaching on John 14 in my book. So I, I'm just going to start, um, I mean, a whole thing about, you know, in my father's house, there's many houses, many dwelling places, many mansions. I'm not going to teach on that today. I'm just going to skip down to verse six and it says, Jesus explained, I am the way I am the truth. I am the life. And I'm reading in the passion translation, um, and there's a little note here, there that it says under by the truth, it says, or the true reality. Okay. So I'm going to read it this way. I am the way I am the true reality. I am the life. And it says, no one comes. And this translates translations translation says next to the father, except through union with me. I'm going to read that again. I am the way I am the truth. I am the true reality. I am the life. No one comes next to the father, except through union with me. Okay. Um, And it's interesting. There's a little note in here that uh, Brian Simmons writes. that says, Jesus does more than take us to heaven. He brings us next to alongside of the father. The father is the destination. And it says, except through union with me. I love that he has the union language here in this translation. And I love that, you know, he's talking about coming next to the father because the next to the father is the place of authority, the place of, of the right hand of the father, but it's, it's, it's union with Jesus. Jesus is saying, I am the way to the place of authority. I am true reality. I am life. Jesus is life. And through him, through union with him, we get to the father, which is the destination. And it says to know me is to know my father too. And from now on, you will realize that you've seen me, seen him and experiencing him. And I'm not going to, I'm going to keep going here for a moment. Philip spoke up and said, Lord, show us the father and that will be all we need." And Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time and you still don't know who I am. And I feel like that's a lot of us, you know, Jesus is saying, I've been with you all this time and you still don't know who I am. You still question my goodness. You still question, question things, you know? But he says, how could you ask me to show you the father for anyone that has looked at me has seen the father? Don't you believe that the father is living in me and that I am living in the father said, even my words are not my own, but come from the father. And that's a powerful thing. My words are not my own. You know, I I can just tell you right now, as I'm doing the podcast today, these are not my words honestly, these are not my words. I mean, I had, a, you know, a little bit of some inspiration before we hopped on here, but that I was going to be teaching out of the scripture, but it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, doing my sermon outline and coming on here and teaching for my, my notes. Not that there's anything wrong with that guys. I mean, gosh, when I first started teaching and preaching, I would pray in tongues and interpret it. Like that's how I, that's how I would get messages because I was so connected and desperate for God to be the one speaking. And that's how Jesus lived. He lived in this place of surrender to the Father, so much, so much so that that the it was the Father's words. So much so that when you saw him, you saw the Father. Jesus was not in control, even though he was the Son of God, even though he was the body that was sacrificed. I mean, he 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 surrendered to the point of of death. He surrendered to this place of of total sacrifice. And it's not like God's asking us to go to the cross. He's asking us to live a crucified life, meaning he's asking asking us to live as though we're actually dead. Right. And he says this, he says, believe that. And then he says for He lives in me and performs his, oh, let me back up. Do you, even my words are not my own, but come from my father for he lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me. So I'm going to stop there for a moment because it's a really key to how we become miracle workers, okay? We become miracle workers by letting the father do the work. The father, it says here, Jesus said, the father performs his miracles of power through me. And then he's verse 11. He says, believe that as I live as one with my father and that my father lives as one with me. Or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done, believe that I live as one with my father and that the father lives as one with me, or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I've done. I keep repeating these things because I want it to sink in. See, union and, and, and surrender was how Jesus was functioning. He was functioning in this place of oneness where God was in him. God was with him, surrendering his faculties, his words, his time, you know, his, his life, his, his whole life was surrendered to the purpose of God. And then it says here in verse 12, this is where I was going this whole thing today. I tell you this timeless truth: The person who follows me in faith, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my father. So this is about surrendering your life. This is about God possessing our lives. And it's interesting because when I think about that, that time that I surrendered my life to God and how immediately he got me up, you know, after that, and pretty soon I'm in a nursing home, learning how to heal the sick and, been on this journey of seeing God do miraculous things in my life, through my life, um, seeing the glory of God manifest. It is so very powerful. It's so very humbling. It's so very available to all of us. Okay. I'm not sharing my story so that you go, whoa, look at this great woman of faith and look at how God uses her. And, oh, look at Shalise. No, I'm saying, look at Jesus, look at the Jesus in you. And, but I am also saying, I guess like the apostle Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, I'm here to be a living epistle. I'm here to be an example of the goodness of God, of the faithfulness of God, of, 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 of what is that? What is available? To all of us, the intimacy that is available to all of us with Jesus, the, the visions, the, the, the activated spiritual senses, the experience of the glory, the experience of the power of God. Um, I, I, it's available to every single one of us. You know, I just have always had a hunger for it and, and since I got up off the floor. You know, I would read a book and I, it wasn't okay that Benny Hinn would experience these things. And I didn't, it wasn't okay. When I read Smith Wigglesworth or I would read these people, you know, Cal Coleman and all these people, I was like, oh no, no, no. Like the same Jesus that's in them is in me, you know, and I just have, I, I just, I, I have heard the Lord say over the years, like, how far are you willing to go? how far are you willing to go? And I mean, even now I feel like I'm in such a season of surrendering more, more fear, more. Um, I mean, I think for me, and I'm just going to share this, you guys, um, because I think that's part of what God is delivering me from is caring what people think and being afraid of, of the opinions of men. You know, the gospel that I preach is, 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 is offensive to the religious spirit. It's offensive to people sometimes that are not where we are, you know, and, and, and I've got to get even more free, more free from caring what people think. Um, I mean, my goodness, if you, if you come into one of my meetings and you, I mean, you see things that that, that, that God is doing, like it, it's weird to people. It's really weird to people. They're going to, they're going to judge me, you know, but I, but I had a, a, a word from God long ago that says, I'm going to be naked and unashamed <laughs> in front of the world. And it was a scary vision because I was literally standing naked. And it was like, everybody was pointing out all the flaws in my naked body. And for a woman, you know, that's like, that's like, you know, worst nightmare for somebody for, for a woman. But God was like, I'm going to stand there and be naked and unashamed. And so I'm in a process as much as you, even though I see as much as I see. Uh, I mean, it's not like I, I I've arrived in this, but I do know this, that you are a miracle worker uh, by design. You are a miracle worker through your union with Jesus, that the G- Jesus Christ is alive in you and the father is one with you through your union with jesus and the father is alive in you and that the father and jesus want to work miracles with you but we can't work miracles from the illusion of separation from god we can't work miracles i mean you might do some things with principles i mean i think holy spirit is so much bigger than our perfect theology but if we really want to see the miraculous power of god flowing through our lives That I want to tell you the the, the thing that has been the constant in my life and it has been surrender. It has been surrender. And I I think I'll wrap um, here on the hour with just going back through that Psalm 40 uh, portion of that scripture again and encouraging you maybe this week to surrender whatever situation, if you're the person that needs a miracle, to surrender it completely to God. And for all of us to make the, make a choice to surrender to God again. Uh, I can tell you when I was called into ministry in an open vision, God said, will you go? Uh, I said, yes. Uh, I've had visions of of where God wants to take me, but he's not going to take me against my permission. Uh, he is not a, he is not a control freak. Yes, he is Lord, but he doesn't Lord over us like that. He doesn't force us to obey him. He doesn't force us to surrender. He's not a rapist. Okay. He doesn't rape people for intimacy. That's not what he does. And so, I don't know that's kind of a hard statement, but I'm just trying to make a point here. He's, he's not a control freak. He, he works within the parameters of where we're willing to go. Many years ago, God said to me, how far are you willing to go? And I said, as far as you're willing to take me. And he said, are you afraid? And I said, yes, I am. (laughs) I was just honest. And then God just has been progressively letting me go through this process of surrender. So here's again, here's what he says. He says, verse six, Psalm 46, it's not sacrifices that really move your heart. Okay. Meaning it's not our fasting. It's not our prayers. It's not the the religious things that we do, right? It's not our, you know, burn offerings, sin offerings. It's not feeling bad. It's not those things that bring you joy. Okay, this is what says what brings him joy, but when you when he opens our ears and 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 speaks to us, and we become your willing servant, your prisoner of love for life. That's that's what pleases God is that we just we 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 surrender, we surrender, and and it's funny because if you read this psalm in a different version, um. And there's a little note here in the passion translation. It says the sepugon is a, and it's reads 46 as a body. You have prepared for me in Hebrew. It says you have pierced my ear. And it has to do with being a bond servant whose ear has been pierced by his masters to signify the servant's desire to serve for life. I mean, goodness, we could just do a whole study on this. Right. Um, meaning that it's about surrendering your life. It's about, Doing the same works that Jesus did the same way that he did them by a completely laid down life. And it says, these are Jesus's words. I believe it's prophetically talking about Jesus. And it's also talking about us in verse seven. It says, so I said, here I am. I'm coming to you as a sacrifice for in the prophetic scrolls of your book, you have written about me. And this is what was written about Jesus. It's also, I believe what has been written about us and we can just agree with it. I delight to fulfill your will, my God, for your living words are written upon the pages of my heart. Yeah. So beloved, uh, I know we went a little bit long today and it, you know, I, I kind of started out this episode thinking, you know, gosh, we're just going to dive in and talk about how to perform miracles. And, you know, we just give you some, some power teaching today. And I really had no idea that we were going to go in the direction of surrender and losing control. Um, but I'm not in control. So therefore I get to speak whatever, uh, the father's has on his heart. And, uh, this is, this is not my podcast. This is his podcast. And people, you know, sometimes think, oh gosh, that's such a religious thing to say. And it does sound religious kind of when you say it, but I am bound and determined to, um, put Jesus in the driver's seat in my life. And here's what I know that we have listeners all over the world. Um, I gosh, I, I can't even tell you how much people have been re- reaching, out to me lately, telling me that they are sleeping with my podcast. I mean, they are binge binge listening to this podcast. Um, and just the ways that God is using it and, I'm just going to wrap today. Um, I never do this, but I, i again, just being billed by the Lord. But, you know, if you have not, if you've not sowed a seed into my podcast and you've not sowed a seed into my ministry, um, if you are not a financial partner of the ministry, I really encourage you to join me on my mission. Um, there are so many things that are in my heart to do. Um, and guys, it takes money to do it it takes money to, to preach the gospel. It takes money to, I mean, I want, I want to do a new website. I take, I I need to, there's so many people that I want to, uh, I want to do things excellently. Um, I, I don't cut corners, um, when it comes to, to, to representing Jesus, you know, um, I want to upgrade some equipment. I mean, there's just lots of things that I want to do. Um, there's just lots of projects. There's some courses I want, there's just lots of things that I want to do. And I just, I don't normally say this, but if you have if you have never, you know, sown a seed into the ministry, you can go over to shalice.com and just, you know, go to the donate and consider being a monthly partner with us. Um, the podcast is a self-supported uh, part of my ministry. And so, and it really is going far and wide and it really is making a big difference. This message is changing lives. I, I mean, my goodness, I had just someone this last week said, you know, God will give people assignments and be just listen to this. Just listen to it from the far, you know, beginning to the end, from the beginning to the end. And, um, so yeah, that's my, uh, that's my wrap for today. Let me pray for you, God. Let me pray for you all. So father, <clears throat> I just pray that your grace would completely overtake us. I, I, I worry Papa sometimes when I, when I, I know you preached through me today, but sometimes I worry that it's going to get misconstrued that, it's going to sound like another work that we have to do to experience you or that it's not all finished or that it's going to somehow be contrary to um the gospel lord but i also know that you spoke today and i just want people to hear it from the place that you are speaking to them in and so i just i just declare right now father that paradigms have shifted as a result of this podcast today i i i declare right now that Um, judgments are being, uh, let go of in Jesus name. Uh, I declare that lenses are being cleansed father, that distortions are being healed. Uh, I just declare that the religious spirit cannot operate at all in Jesus name with this podcast. I declare that this podcast will not be made into a work that someone has to do in order to, uh, be who you've created them to be. Thank you that it's really a surrender to who they already are. Um, and Holy spirit, thank you that you know how to lead each of us personally. Um, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it in your hands and just thank you that, you know, how, you know, how to communicate with us. You know, how to meet us exactly where we are and you know, how to get us from point point A to point B. So Lord, you're able to keep that, which I've entrusted to you. So I'm just going to entrust this podcast to you. I'm going to trust and trust the audience to you. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to thank you that you're going to be able to help them navigate exactly through whatever it is that they're facing and hear you in it and surrender. Lord, the grace, I just give them grace to surrender, grace to surrender to what they don't understand grace to say, hands up. I'm under arrest. I'm a prisoner of love. Hands up, hands up. I totally surrender that my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price and that uh, paid for with a preciousness and just be able to surrender their perspective to get yours. And uh, so I bless everyone. I just send my, my love to everyone. Father, I just send healing miracles to everyone. God, I, I, I just release the presence of God over everyone. Father, I thank you. That, that signs and wonders will, in fact, follow this, 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 this message. And I, I thank you for the testimonies that will come as a result of today's broadcast. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I, I love you guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Shalice's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.